0: Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. I'm your host, Brenda Yescas. And on tonight's program, I'll be interviewing the great LA-based band, Chicano Batman, about their new album, Freedom is Free. I'll also be doing an interview with local ensemble, Daer Bombalele, and Skin Cultural Arts Collective about an event they'll be hosting with Vanilla Records artist, Jose Marquez, as well as a calendar of events and new music. Stay tuned. You're listening to La Raza Chronicles Chrónicas de la Raza," and I'm so excited to have on the studio with me Los Angeles-based Chicano Batman. Welcome guys.
1: Hey. Hello? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: And I think we only have Bardo on the line, right?
1: Yeah. um, Well, I have Carlos as well as uh, good friends that are rolling with us. Uh, The the amazing band 79.5 is opening up for us. Our sound man Jose Cruz and our tour manager David Gomez.
0: Great. So first off, can you introduce the band and what instruments you all play?
1: Definitely. Um, I sing, play the guitar and the organ. Carlos plays the guitar. He sings at times as well. Eduardo plays the bass. He also sings at times and plays the guitar at times. And Gabriel Villa plays the drum set and he also sings at times.
0: Oh, everybody sings. Pretty, Yeah. You know,
1: uh, actually on this tour, we have backup vocalists. Uh, Like I was saying, 79.5 is a group from, from New York. They are on a label that we were kind of associated with because the label's called Big Crown, and uh, Leon Michaels is one of the founders of that label. He's also a producer, and he produced our last album. So we connected uh, with 79.5 for amazing vocalists through him. And so they are now bringing back a vocal for us, uh, as well as opening up for us on this whole tour.
0: I'm a huge fan of you guys, not only because you're from my hometown of L.A., but also because of your sound. It's uh, pretty eclectic. It kind of reminds me of music that my parents used to play in their old like beat-up record player, like Los Terricolas, Los Bukis, even some soul. So can you tell me how your sound came to be and who your influences are?
1: Sure. You know, I guess it's a mix of a lot of different things. But, you know, we, we all have different influences from Jimi Hendrix to Metallica, you know. But I feel like we all settled upon, like, creating an aesthetic that's based on older musical forms. Also, just having people feel exactly the way you feel, you know, because obviously there's a whole generation of people from from all over, right? But let's say, I mean, well, let's say California, uh, the Southwest, et cetera, you know. Chicanos, you know, uh, who grew up with uh, with all that mix of music, like their parents from Mexico or El Salvador or wherever they're from in Latin America, brought Roberto Carlos with them. They brought, like you said, Los Terrícolas, Jose Jose, and the name, you know, the richness of, of music throughout the 60s and 70s coming from Mexico. Mexico is a huge music market. And so people, you know, made it there from all over the world. Uh, I mean, all over Latin America, uh, all over the Spanish-speaking, you know, all the Spanish-speaking countries, right? You know that's why you have all these amazing artists who did their thing, and that's why we have these record collections that you just mentioned. That you just mentioned. Our, you know? I guess we started off with that mission of like, hey, you know, everybody loves soul music. Everybody loves like, you know, people in the LA are trying to do that throwback sound, but you know, nobody or a lot of people don't understand that they that same sound can be heard in Brazil. That same sound can be heard in Argentina, in Mexico, in Chile, and you know the list goes on and on and really the idea is to connect all, really connect everybody because, you know, we all, that lineage almost, whether you're black or whether you're Mexican or whether, you know, Latino, you know, whatever it is, you know, whether you're quote-unquote white, whatever, you you listen, you grew up with that music because of the time that we're in. So it's really about, like, finding the connectivity between people as opposed to finding, finding the, the connection between people and really, like, between all of us as opposed to focusing on what's separate and what's different from all of us you know there's more in common than there is not in common
0: Yeah, and I feel now with you know vinyl becoming popular again that nostalgia is coming back for people like my age and a little younger you know the nostalgia of going back and listening to what your parents listened to and that kind of reminds me of your music
1: yeah you know a classic song is a classic song is a classic song so Personally, I, I don't play, you know, the music but like that I, that, that I listen to because, I, because it's old, you know? I mean, yeah, of course, it, it's important to me that, like, I, I'm probably conceived to a lot of this music, but it's also because I like it now. It's like the sounds that I'm hearing yeah. are amazing. And it's really, like, when you start to learn about how the way, like, the way it's recorded, like, all the energy that's put into making a song like that at that time, you understand that it's just, like, it's really miles ahead of the way people are making making music now, in the sense that, you know, you had five, like say, let's say a band, right? You had like five people recording a particular track all at the same time. They had to. It's not a, It's not like oh, you know, to go back and slice uh, all the flights to tape up and record. Uh, you know, you can't do it over. You just one take, one shot, and you got the song. So you have to really rehearse it. You have to have it in you. You know what I'm saying? There's no, there's no mess-ups. Then you, know, you gotta, you gotta handle it. And if you have mess-ups, it's all it's on the tape. Uh, you didn't have pro tools. You didn't have a computer to like change all the sounds. And but also, you know, you have amazing technology like in the '70s, like these amazing machines and compressors and preamps that have all these tools in it that do wonders to the sound. And so, uh, you know, that analog way of, of recording things is is really special. Um, and it and it, and it obviously it came from the past. What I'm trying to say is that it's superior to the, a lot of the ways we record nowadays, you know, with the, the crutch of using the computer, et cetera, because you can't replace the vibe. I mean, music is about vibration, right? And connection between people. So you can't replace that, doing that, you know, just recording something with the spirit of doing it live, et cetera.
0: I'm also really happy that bands from LA, especially from Islos are getting popular, and have a wide range of people listening to the bands like Las Cafeteras, Quetzal, and La Santa Cecilia. On your current tour, you're playing with the likes of Alabama Shakes. What has been your favorite bands to play with?
1: Well, Alabama Shakes was very inspirational for us. Also, opening up for Jack White was also very inspirational. It's always great when you can go on the road and see eye to eye with, with, with these amazing individuals, extremely talented people. And I you know also much love to all the people on the east side, but I would also like to clarify, and this brings up another point that's separate but connected to what you just said, and it's that us as band members we're from all over the place. Gabriel Villa is actually from Colombia, my mom is Colombian, my dad is Mexican Carlos uh, the guitarist his mom is, is chicana, and his dad is from salvador Eduardo he's from his family's from Michoacán, so it's just like. So we're really like a Southern California band, actually. Uh, all of us live in Southern California and uh, I think that as us as a band, as Donald Batman are trying to defy these these notions, these genres, these stereotypes that have been put upon acts and bands who are just trying to be themselves. So we're definitely trying to break this mold of of what is considered Latino, what is considered indie, what is considered you know, I think that's a big part of our work as as a group.
0: And that goes to kind of my my next question. I was uh, listening to a track you recorded recently. It was a cover of Woody Guthrie's "This Land Is Your Land," so it's kind of giving like right. a pro-immigrant feel. Even your band's logo, it has like a political statement with the UFW eagle. So tell me how you all incorporate your Latinidad and your cultural backgrounds and experiences to the music you play.
1: You know, we've been, we've been doing it from day one. It's like you can't. It's also something that we're very we're, we're proud of. That, you know, and, and like I said. We're trying to have people, you know, feel those the roots of them themselves, like you know, like the feeling of, of of being in the backyard and listening to the romantic types of ballads and whatever in Columbia yes, and stuff like that. So, you know, that's always been part of our part of our aesthetic. You know, we feel good that we're able to do things on another trajectory. You know, maybe on a on a bigger playing field, and we can still, you know, be ourselves. You know, essentially, like, you know, if somebody wants to do a commercial with Chicago Batman, they're going to use Chicano Batman for who they are feel me like you better want whatever it is this particular band is offering it's not like hey we're going to turn these guys into something completely different hey you know we wanted to sing like uh justin Bieber. i can't i'm sorry i can't do that
0: you're listening to la raza chronicles chronicas de la raza and i'm talking to chicano batman and we're going to play a song off of their new album tell us a little bit about the track
1: sure this song is called la huda the song uh that i don't sing. Uh song that Eduardo Arena, it's a bass player thing, it's about police brutality, so listen to it, I know y'all are going to relate to it.
2: La otra noche fue, una noche muy terrible, balancearon un amigo mío, en la calle cerca de aquí, lo dejaron abandonado, un objeto sin vida junto a la esquina. que te deben proteger
0: Where does the name Chicano Batman come from?
1: Chicano Batman. You know, I was at UCLA for a while, uh, for a few years, and um, I was, you know, watching a lot of interesting movies. I took a class called Film and Social Change. Um, I had this Ethiopian professor who was an amazing cat, and uh, we saw music from, we saw films from the Philippines, from, you know, black exploitation films, quote unquote, black exploitation films from the 60s and 70s. I actually feel that movies, black movies from the 70s, it's like, that's really like the, uh, it's almost like a renaissance of black culture in general. I feel like black flirtation is kind of like a, not the appropriate term. But anyway, so I had my head wrapped around all those things in the way that basically people from all over the world were representing themselves and their experiences through film. And obviously film is such an amazing genre, to incorporate music as well. So I was really tripped out by all of that. And it's just like, for example, there's this Filipino film called The Perfume Nightmare. Within it, I think there was this. uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. There was a superhero, like a little cartoon that that showed up somewhere in the film. And uh, he was called Superman, Superman. And it's just Superman, Superman. Wow, that's such an interesting superhero. And it's just interesting in in, in the ways that people take American pop culture and transform it and and, and make it something that's their own. You know, obviously, American culture being something that in in many ways is forced upon the world, right? Uh, Imperialism, colonialism, and the history of uh, in global politics—correct. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, growing up, you know, in a place like the Philippines, yeah. you're subjected to it. So, what do you do with it? You—you you, you can only interpret it through your own lens. I'm gonna say that one more time: you can only interpret it through mm-hmm. your own lens. So, it's like essentially what I was trying to do with *Chicano Batman*: is interpret the, the world in, in, in my own lens. You know, like *Chicano Batman* being. Uh, a pen name for myself at the time you know just like a name where I could just represent like whatever songs or things that I wrote but uh, essentially I feel like the strength of the name Chicano Batman is is that like it's like it's taking and I'm going to use it because it's it's not you know anybody came up with that name you know it's it's still you know terms that are out there in the universe so I happen to be the one who pulled them two together but essentially like Chicano being you know a people a group of people and also indicative of a social circle, right and batman being a pop cultural symbol so you put them two together and it's like wow it's really something that's very unique sonically speaking and also something that is very powerful for whoever consider themselves gikano i consider myself a lot of different things and i feel like we as a band you know we all have different identities because identity is one of the most complex things that we all deal with as humans living in, in this century so yeah it's almost like like a social experiment that we started, I guess, by throwing that name out there um, and just kind of see how people take up on it. Being being categorized as a group from Calais is part of that, that experiment, you know? Uh, opening up for Jack White is part of that experiment. Donald Batman, Jack White, wow. You can see that in a history book somewhere, it's a music history book, because it's like, it's, it's such a polarized cultural statement, you know? Um, and we really appreciate Jack White for taking us on because that's like a bold move. And it's really like, changing culture and creating new narratives, right? This is art, art. Music has been something, that something that's been done over and over again. So it's just like, you know, what are you, what are you going to do with it? And so it's, uh, yeah, that's, it's always, that's always a struggle to, to do something powerful and strong and meaningful.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting you said that because that's the word I wrote down when you were talking. I put powerful when I hear your band's name that's that's the word that comes up to me. So, yeah, definitely definitely all that you said it, it resonates with my experiences and I'm sure with some of your fans experiences too.
1: You know, not that, no, I'm I'm going to bounce off of that of what you just said and, and thank you for for feeling that, you know, makes me so good that you feel that because we need power. <laughs> we need energy in 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 this world at this time and uh we we're very grateful that there is so many people out there supporting us and because they feel the power in in the message and the the work that we've been doing over the last ten years, you know it's like we how can i put it it's It's almost become greater than ourselves, you know, and I'm not trying to make myself out to or ourselves to be you know this monolithic thing or whatever, but it's you know anytime there's something that that is powerful in in an ideological sense of like something that's allow that allows you to get through your day. That's that's something special, you know. what I mean, that's something that we we need. We all need symbols to move forward. I mean, that's that's why we have religion. You know? That's why we have philosophy and all these different things that give us meaning. And and if if, if Chicano Batman is giving meaning to whoever it is, to giving young, meaning to young people in their teens, if it's giving meaning to people who feel marginalized and excluded, really, that's that's really the point. Because we all know who the media represents uh, in this country. And we all know the strength in the media in, you know, really crafting everybody's way of thinking and acting in public every single moment of of our days living in these big cities that we live in.
0: So your your third studio album is called Freedom is Free. Tell our listeners right. what they can expect from the new album that's different from the last two.
1: How would I put it? It's uh, You know what? We, we recorded the album with Leon Michaels in New York, this amazing producer who I mentioned earlier. Hmm, I wish you could expect some heavy, (laughs) some heavy tunes, you know what I'm saying? Some real, some, so you could feel some roots in it, you could feel some soul in it, you could feel some funk in it, you know, it's going to be something to our fans, you're going to be blasting that on your stereo, This is to all the homies in Oakland, like, you're going to be ripping it, and it's going to be heavy, you know, you're going to feel the beats, you're going to feel like, you know what I'm saying, you're going to feel some hip-hop vibes in there, you know, you're going to be bobbing, be a lot of head bobbing going on, and, uh. Much love to the Bay, much love to Oakland, San Francisco, all the roots of people out there. You know, we got much love for y'all. Yeah. So that was
0: yeah, actually that was, that was actually one of my next questions. You worked with Leon Michaels, and he's pretty famous in the soul world. I mean, he, he's part of the L. Michaels affair. He worked with Manahan Street Band and Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Rest in peace, Miss Sharon Jones. How did you get involved with him, and how was working on this album?
1: It was amazing. You know, we we just became homies. We have a good friend. His name is Omar. Uh, he goes by El Oms. He's an amazing artist. You know, he's been doing some amazing work out there. I know a lot of Raza is feeling his work. And, uh, you know, he actually did the artworks for Dan Arbok. Sorry, He's a guy from the Black Keys. Uh, the homie from the Black Keys is also our homie as well. Anyways, El Oms did the artwork for them. Leon and, and Omar have been kicking it. And so they were in L.A. a few years ago. So, anyway you know it's personal relationships and we that's how we pretty much made the contact with Lee, um and uh we, we we dug each other and made each other's music and uh we just we just we just went straight into the studio and you know just laced the tape up It it's just it was just an amazing process being in that studio like i said when i was talking about preamps and compressors i did not know anything about them before this <laughs> very little you know definitely an educational process and being able to play the all the instruments of the Menahan Street because they instruments like a collective or musicians who uh have studio open. And so uh wow, we were there for two weeks, woke up at nine in the morning, the subway to uh Jefferson uh, city out there in New York. Uh, in near or in Queens I guess. And uh, you know, just laced the uh, laced the tracks.
0: Who would you like to collaborate with in the future? Maybe, like, another soul singer, like Lee Fields, or any other artist that you would like to collaborate with?
1: Sure. I mean, Lee Fields is an amazing singer. I mean, uh, how could I put it? I would love to collaborate with St. Vincent. (laughs) I love St. Vincent. I think he's an amazing musician, artist, and also, you know, a lot of people don't, don't think of her music as revolutionary, but it really is, you know, when you have a, a woman shredding the guitar the way she does, it's like wow! But also thematically and lyrically, her lyrics are very deep and, and very strong, and uh that's definitely inspired inspired me and in some of my, you know, my own my own writing.
0: Tell our listeners where they could find your music and find out more about the band.
1: Sure, we got ChicanoBatman.com. dot com, we got Instagram, ChicanoBatman Instagram, we got ChicanoBatman Twitter, we got Facebook, ChicanoBatman. Facebook slash uh, chingobadam.com.
0: Can you tell us about the last track we're going to play off of your new album called Freedom is Free?
1: Yeah, this this song is called Friendship is a Small Boat in a Storm, aka Friendship, to <laughs> so keep it short. And, anyways, the song is just about, you know, human, you know, just relationships between us and just how, like, sometimes, you know, just betrayal, you like betrayal or gossip or whatever. And really, that's what it's about, you know, that it's just a a song about something that we all deal with that hopefully all of us can relate to.
3: You've got an open heart So you share what's
2: inside Thinking that all is said in confidence But then you realize
0: to bardo the lead singer of chicano batman for being on the phone with me tonight they are currently on tour around the u.s and you can find out more about the band on their website ChicanoBatman.com. Happy to have Candy Martinez from Skin Cultural Arts Collective and Denise and Julia, co-founders of local Bomba Ensemble Taer Bombalele, about an event they will be opening up for and hosting with Fania Records artist Jose Marquez on Saturday, May 13th in Oakland. Bienvenidas, ladies. Thank you. Hello, hello. Hola. Thank you. Where did Bomba music come from? What? It, where does it originate? And what does it sound like for our listeners as has never heard of bomba music?
3: Pues, bomba is a una manera de expresión. Nace los ingenios azucareros en Puerto Rico con cuando llega los esclavos. Nació un momento histórico. Bomba is a music and dance tradition stemming from the lived experience
4: of Africans brought in bondage against their will to the island of Puerto Rico to work um, as slaves in the sugarcane plantation. So, it is an expression of uh, both uh, music and dance because of a, of a lived experience on the island.
3: Música de resistencia. It is resistance music, que utilizaba para conspirar en ocasiones. which in occasions
4: was used to conspire, to rebel, to communicate. And also, I'd like to add to what Julia said. Um, I think it's um, a tradition that continues today. It's very much something that has lived through generations, passed down orally. What people would ex- would see or hear or feel would be drums, voices, and see dancers. And so there's an interaction with the dancer and the primo, which is a lead drummer, where there's a impro- improvised conversation. So it's a lot has a lot of you know influences. Uh, from the African traditions of, of music and dance, call and response, improvisation, but it's also influenced by the Spanish colonizers of the Taino people in Puerto Rico. And Julia's family, in particular the familia Cepeda, has been practicing this tradition for, for seven generations and counting uninterrupted. So they are truly a, a cultural gem, and we're, we're lucky to have her here teaching and directing this uh, ensemble with me in the Bay Area.
0: And I've definitely seen your ensemble in person. They mostly drummers, right?
4: Correct. It's it's mainly drummers, a coro, uh, the voices, and the dancers. Usually, the folks that are that dance also sing coro. They they sing the the, the melodies, the songs.
0: And how many people are in your Tayer Bomba Bele band? Well, we have about uh, anywhere from 15 to
4: 20 ensemble members, but depending on what the performance is, the size varies, but it's usually no less than like 10 folks that roll with us. And when we have community jams, it could be 20 to 30 people that are joining in.
0: And you
3: guys teach in Alameda. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sí, claro, tenemos una clase todos los sábados. La clase de percusión de Denise es de una y media a dos y treinta. La mía de baile comienza de dos y media a cuatro. Eh, estuvimos anteriormente por dos años en Studio Grand en un club y nuestra familia fue creciendo. Y eso era lo que estábamos mirando, ¿verdad? Que la comunidad tuviese alguna otra alternativa de, de un espacio. Eh, y, y ahí estamos en Rhythmic Cultural Work. Eh, excelente espacio, muy lindo, mucha luz. So, yes, we have classes in Alameda right now. Uh,
4: there's a percussion and song class that I teach from one thirty to 2.30 on Saturdays, and Julia teaches a dance class from 2.30 to 4 p.m. in the same space. Uh, that's Rhythmics Cultural Works on Blanding Avenue in Alameda. And we were born out of a class in Studio Grand in Oakland on Grand Street, on Grand Avenue. And so, you know, our, our family grew. More and more people came to the class. We were blessed to, to see that. So we outgrew that space, but have a lot of love for Studio Grand for giving us that opportunity and are now at Rhythmic's Cultural Works,
0: Candy. So you are the host of this event, yes. Along with your collective, tell us a little bit about your collective and how you got in touch with Fania Records and Jose Marquez for yes, this event. Yes,
5: yeah. So um, Skin Cultural Arts Collective started in 2013, kind of in response to. I mean, just to be honest, in response to the gentrification and the changing just the changing environment of, of the city of Oakland. And we put together, um, my partner DJ Cecil and I decided that we needed to create space to connect the sounds and the rhythms that bring us so often together, specifically to celebrate the origins of a lot of the sounds that we listen to. DJ Cecil is kind of known as like a world house music. So if you listen to a lot of pop music or house music, a lot of the roots really are stemmed in a lot of African and Latin music. And so we wanted to create spaces where we're really exploring those conversations. And our namesake skin is actually like the skin of the drum. So that's something that is consistent with all of our programming. We feature drum and dance from different cultures that we celebrate and lift up and and do our best to preserve and um, protect
0: and when I was researching the event it says that there's gonna be live art by Jack and Elise Eastgate. Yes,
5: dude, they're amazing. Yeah, <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, so Jack Eastgate is a native Fijian artist and his beautiful wife, Elise. Um, they do, they're gonna be blessing us with live painting that evening. Um, and then of course, Jose Marquez is the headliner um, who is a new Fania artist. His album is gonna be coming out in this July. So, And we've actually had him up here before and we, we just thought, you know, for this event, we want to tie bomba lele to open, and we're really, really excited for it.
0: Also, for the people that don't know who Jose Marquez is, what kind of music does he play?
5: Yeah, so he is a um, Mexican American artist based in Southern California. He was recently, or up and up until recently, on Tribe Records. So he is known as um, Afro Latin House DJ. And that's one thing that I I'm just so excited about this event because a lot of the house heads will come and experience something new. Having um, the Bomba Lele open for Jose Marquez, um, he is he's phenomenal. He's he's really really great. Um, I first heard about him with his remixes of Celia Cruz and Hector Laveau and and Willie Colon. So it's definitely going to be an eclectic mix of music that yes. with
0: some bomba a little bit of house and latin so it sounds like a great
5: event definitely it'll be a lot of fun
0: and for tired bomba bele can you tell us where people could find out more information about your classes or any other gigs that you might be doing in the bay anytime soon Absolutely. So Taller
4: Bombalele has classes again at Rhythmics Cultural Works. You could look us up on Facebook under Taller Bombalele Dance Classes. We are going to be having a bombazo, which is a Basically, informal jam bomba at AU Lounge in Oakland on Sunday, April thirtieth, from four to seven p.m. So, if you want to get a little taste of what we what we do, uh, it'd be great to come down. And it's going to be a nice day in Oakland. And so, um, that's AU Lounge in downtown Oakland on Sunday, April thirtieth, from four to seven p.m. We'll be having a bombazo, and you know, we were able to collaborate. Um, Skin and and Miss Candy invited us, uh, and Cecil invited us to do an event with them last summer. We had a really good time because the the music is rooted in this Caribbean salsa, uh, you know, Afrobeat kind of um, swing that really fits with Bomba. So, you know, it's it's good to have kind of the traditional uh, melt into the more contemporary and dance style. So I thought that worked really well last time. So we're really um, looking forward to that. And also the history of Bomba and how it influenced the salsa and, and a lot of the Fania stars that either recorded or worked with folks like the Familia Cepeda in Puerto Rico. Uh, I think it's it's a good connection. So I'm looking for we're all looking forward to it. Thank you. Oh
0: thank you. Thank you. And you just talked about a little bit about the history of Bomba. So tell our listeners who are your main influences? Who are like if you were to say the most popular Bomba artists out there in history? would be popular?
4: Well, I I would say that undoubtedly La Familia Cepeda, and in particular Julia's grandfather, Don Rafael Cepeda Tiles, who has been uh, recognized by the National Endowments for the Arts and is on a postage stamp, was on a postage stamp. You know, I think he's the only... One of two black men who were on the postage stamps from Puerto Rico, him and Roberto the ba- Clemente. Roberto Clemente. So I think that he would probably have to be the most famous bombero and a big influence in me, in my trajectory as a bomba practitioner. But there are so many wonderful people doing bomba right now. It's, it's kind of in a renaissance. This was music that came from marginalized communities, from the painful past of, of slavery, even through how black communities throughout the Americas have been marginalized. So at one point in time, Bomba was actually illegal. And if, you were, if they confiscated your, your drums, the police would tear them apart. So, you know, because of that, I think it's important to continually preserve, protect, and do the music and teach the stories. Uh, this is oral tradition. So it's been passed down through generations. And we're happy and humble to be able to practice it and do it and have a teacher like Julia in the Bay Area to teach us what she's learned through her family. That's been a way of life for her.
0: And in the first part of the interview, you mentioned that there's a lot of band members. Do you want to introduce
3: them?
4: Oh my gosh! <laughs> I would love to. I hope I don't forget anyone because we have a big Taírbon Balale community and we really love them. So it's Julia Caridad Cepeda, myself, Denise Solis. We have Ilia Correa. We have uh, Tiffany Warner. We have Oh my Janina. God. Janina, Merit Elsie, Jamila Campbell-Sanchez. Uh, we have Valerie Belon, Beatrice. Uh, Beatrice Ross, Ivana Rosas, Mirna Flores, Jordan Har, Maria Jose Montijo, oh, Maria Cristina, Borges, uh, Breakfast. Oh, that's a whole lot of people. But, uh, yes, uh, I could keep going, but um, those are some of our, our core members. And Bombaleles, I apologize if I forgot anyone's name. You're all loved and appreciated. <laughs> Definitely woman power there. Yes, it's actually open to everybody, but um, we have, I think it's two or three men in the group and the rest are
0: all uh, women. So, it you know, we're happy with that. Can you
5: tell our listeners where this event is going to be held, a little bit more information about the event? Yeah. So the event is going to be at the Uptown in Oakland at 1928 Telegraph Avenue. That is steps away from the 19th BART station in downtown Oakland. Um, It is a 21 and over event and there is an outdoor patio and I'm just it's going to be really, really beautiful. There's also a wooden dance floor for those that think about that kind of stuff when they're dancing (laughs) and coming out to an event.
0: (laughs) Now we're going to play a track from Jose Marquez, a remix he
5: did of the song Agua Nile. Can you tell us a little bit about the track? Yeah, definitely. So um, this has been a really influential track for me. And it's just a lot of fun hearing it played on big sound systems and clubs and seeing people dance to Hector Laveau and, and Willie Colon and people connect to the song and kind of like kind of have their mind blown a little way, like, hey, what's happening? There's all this extra bass and like this, you know, the song's eight minutes and kind of connecting to it in a, in a new way and seeing um, younger generations who may not be as familiar with the artist connecting to it and enjoying it in a new way. And he, so Jose Marquez was granted permission by Fania Records through the A&R. Through, he had a friend at, um, who was the A&R rep for Fania and he did this Agua remix and they were so impressed with it and so touched by how this music, this particular song spread across the globe, literally, that the owner of Fania Records called him and asked to sign him and is now going, he's the newest Fania um, Artist on the label and they'll be having his album come out this july um it's untitled as of right now but um this that's definitely something that we'll all be excited for come july and i'm really inspired by jose marquez also just being mexican-american he's fairly young um i being a little bit in the house scene i see a lot of non-latin people and non um people or people of 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 not African descent. I don't, I don't know like the best way to say that, but playing music that is rooted in African and Latin rhythms. And so it just, it brings me so much joy to see Jose Marquez being able to travel the world and, and play Latin music in, in really big arenas and stadiums and being traveling all over the place to share this music from a really authentic and genuine place. Um, we're really excited to have him here in Oakland.
0: ladies for being on the show tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza, and this is the calendar of events and happenings for the Bay Area. For Friday, April 28th, come join Los Angeles-based band Buebongo and Bay Area's own Soltron and DJ Collective Chulita Vinyl Club for a night of funk, hip-hop, jazz, and Afro-Caribbean grooves at the Brick and Mortar Music Hall, 1710 Mission Street in San Francisco. Starts at 9 p.m. For more information, go to brickandmortarmusic.com. The event is wheelchair accessible. For Saturday, April 29th, commemorate and celebrate the life and work of labor and civil rights leader Cesar Chavez with a parade and festival in San Francisco. There will be music by local bands like Soltron and La Gente, as well as arts and crafts and children's play area. The parade starts at Dolores Park at 11 a.m., while the festival goes on till 6 p.m. For more information, go to cesarchavezday.org. For Monday, May 1st, March for Immigrant and Worker Rights and General Strike. This year and every year, we fight for migrant and worker justice. Strikes will be held all over the Bay Area. In Oakland, the march will start at Fruitvale Plaza at 3 p.m. and will march to San Antonio Park. For more information, go to oaklandsinfronteras.wordpress.com. For Friday, May 5th, the Bay Area's Candelaria, Bicicletas por la Paz, and Banda Sin Nombre, will be bringing you a CD release party as well as a night of high-energy cumbia, soul, folk, dub, and jazz at The New Parish, 1743 San Pablo Avenue in Oakland. Starts at 9 p.m. thenewparish.com For Saturday, May 6th, La Diabla from Tijuana and La Ceiba from Oakland will be bringing you a night of cumbia, vallenato, and tropical grooves at La Estreita Café. 446 East 12th Street in Oakland, starts at 9 p.m. The event is 21 and over and wheelchair accessible. For Sunday, May 7th, Brava's Baile La Calle, the mural dances. It's in its fifth year of celebrating the rich visual art history of the 24th Street Corridor. Each year, hundreds of neighbors, tourists, and art lovers have lined up to take the tour as some of the Bay Area's most engaged choreographers deliver rich, emotionally connected interpretations of the potent murals that lie the 24th street corridor featuring antoine hunter and his urban jazz dance company loco bloco and more mural tours begin at the corner of 24th street and Folsom in front of phil's coffee in san francisco tours start at 11 a.m and go on till 2 p.m for more information go to brava.org And for Saturday, May 13th, Fania Records' Jose Marquez will be having an event with local talent, Dayer Bombambele, which you just heard in the segment before this, and DJ Cecil. There will also be live art by Jack and Elise Eastgate at the Uptown in Oakland, 1928 Telegraph Avenue, starts at 8 p.m. And for more information and tickets, go to UptownNightClub.com. And this has been a calendar of events and happenings for the Bay Area. If you would like to add your event to the calendar, please email us at larazachronicles at kpfa.org. And for more information on our show, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash larazachronicles. you've been listening to la raza chronicles crónicas de la raza on kpfa 94.1 fm to listen to all our archived shows go to soundcloud.com slash chronicles also if you have any events or topics you think we should be covering email us at la at kpfa.org gracias por estar con nosotros y feliz noches